Welcome to another message from Columbus First Assembly. Thanks for listening as we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God. Our hope is that you're encouraged by today's message. are some discussions that surprise you when they come up. I was drinking coffee with a group of ministers many, many years ago at a countywide ministerial alliance meeting back in Kansas where I used to pastor. And a discussion came up as we were sitting around tables drinking coffee together, and it sort of caught me off guard because one of the other ministers spoke up and said it troubled him that there were still pastors in his denomination that still believed and taught that Jesus is the only way to God. The Minister's Association was composed of pastors from various churches throughout the county, some mainline, some evangelical, some charismatic Pentecostal. This particular minister was from a mainline denomination, and the the discussion started to go around the table as other people began to chime in regarding the fact that, oh, well, yeah, it it, it bothers me too. How many people believe that Jesus is the only way? I, I, I thought we were beyond that. Well, when it got over to me and Uh, Being a little bit newer in the community at this time, I was a little, uh, not hesitant to state my belief, but wasn't sure how they were going to be accepted. But I said, no, that's exactly what I believe and what I teach because that's what Jesus said. Jesus said he's the only way to the Father. And they said, well, yeah, we know that, that, that verse, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But Jesus also said, so another pastor began to instruct me about what Jesus also said. Jesus also said that um, I have other sheep. He said, I have sheep here, but I have other sheep in other pastures, and I must go and reach them also. And then he went on to explain that the other sheep, the other sheep that Jesus was talking about, were those around the world and other religious systems. And Jesus was reaching them through those other religious systems. Because he said, you know, the mountain, at the top of the mountain, is God. And all of the various paths around this mountain, they might have different names. It might be the Hindu path. It might be the uh, Buddhist path. It might be the Islamic path. It might be, and he named some other paths. But they're all going up the mountain, and at the top is God. And all these paths lead to God. And I remember going home after that particular meeting. 
after hearing what this man and others in the group, because it was composed of both men and women who pastored a variety of churches, believed about some of the foundational doctrines of our faith, I went home a little bit bothered, a little bit grieved, and in one sense glad that God had called Sherry and I and our family to the community to plant one more church. Now, we weren't the only, but one more church that was preaching and teaching the truth of what the Bible says regarding who Jesus is, that he is God, he is the only way, he is our sacrifice, and he is victorious. Because, obviously, people needed to hear it. Because what was surprising to me was the number of pastors in a conservative, rural part of the state of Kansas who no longer believed that Jesus is the only way. And that's the title of today's message of this four-part series. This is a four-part series that I've entitled Jesus Is last week. Jesus is God, and we looked at his uh, claims that he was God in the flesh, that he was God the Son, that he was fully God and fully man. And we looked at what Jesus' followers believed and how they also believed and proclaimed that Jesus Christ not only was a man, not only did he physically die, but he was God. The fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily within him. Next week, we're going to look at Jesus as our sacrifice. And we're going to see the necessity and the need for Jesus and why he had to die. Then on Easter Sunday, we're going to look at Jesus is victorious. But today, did Jesus and the early church believe that the only way to God and the only way to heaven was through Jesus Christ? So let's take a look today at what the New Testament said. And yes, Jesus claimed to be the only way to God. There's a note sheet today. I hope you picked one up off the back table. If not, um, pick one up after church because my main points are there, as well as more scripture than I'm going to read this morning on these various points. And even the scriptures that I have printed are not the only ones where this was made mention of. But yes, Jesus claimed to be the only way. We're going to start with John 14. Let me give you some context. John 14, there was a conversation Jesus was having in the upper room with his 12 apostles. It was hours before he was going to the cross. In this room at this time, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Jesus instituted communion. He broke bread, and he took the cup, and he made the declaration that this is my body, this is my blood. This took place up there as well as a lot of teaching. John's gospel captures a tremendous amount of Jesus' teaching on that day. He spent a great deal of time. Now, at this point, when we pick up chapter 14, Jesus has been discussing with them the fact that he's going to be leaving soon. He was preparing them for what's going to take place in only a few hours, that he's going to the cross. And so let's pick it up in uh, verse 1 of John 14. Follow along in your Bible, if you would like, or follow along on the screen. Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Why is their heart troubled? Because he's saying he's going to be leaving them. He's been preparing them for his death. So he's saying, now, now don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's house. If it were not so, would I have, t would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you 
so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. Uh, no, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And then Jesus Christ makes this tremendous statement. Jesus told him, he told them, he told us, and he's been telling all believers throughout history, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Did you catch it there? No one. No one. No one. That means no one. Not just no Christian. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus was setting them on a path for them to realize what was going to be necessary for them to connect with God. See, they came out of a Jewish system where the way to God was through the law. But now Jesus was instituting what's called a new covenant. The old covenant was being completed, would be completed. There was a new covenant, and the new covenant was going to be through him. And no one, Jew or Gentile, would be able to come to God except through him. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, in Jesus' teaching uh, that we call the Sermon on the Mount, towards the end, he makes this statement in verse 13 of chapter 7. You can enter God's kingdom, and look at those two words, only through. You can enter God's kingdom, you can enter heaven, you can enter the place where God is only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. Your uh, translation may say the, the, the highway, uh, the, the, the wide road leads to destruction. It's broad and it leads to destruction. I like the way the New um, Living says it. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway of life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever Find it. Now, here is something that most people don't realize. I didn't realize it at first because, okay, the highway to hell or the wide road that leads to destruction, I'm thinking, why would people go on that? Well, I suppose they just like their sinful lifestyles and things, but that's not what Jesus is communicating here. It's not called highway to hell. It's not called Broadway to destruction. It's called way to God. It's just another way to God. It's just a different way to God. It's just a different path up the mountain that these ministers were describing in this meeting. They all lead to the top. And who's at the top? God is at the top. So it doesn't matter if you take this path or that path or this path of spirituality. You're going to, in your sincerity and in your devotion and in your dedication, you're going to rise to the top. And what are you going to find up there? God and Jesus says, no, you're not. He said, there's one path. It's narrow. There's one gate. It's small. And there's only one that you walk on will lead to God. The rest are the broad road the wide gate, they lead to destruction. But be aware that that road is hidden from most people because the enemy 
doesn't want us going to heaven. So he says, this is another way to God. It's a good way to God. And there will be many, many people that will say, yeah, that's exactly right. Everybody from advice columnists that I have read over the years, like Ann Landers and Dear Abby and Ask Amy, will say, oh, yes, you know, just all these past, your spirituality is as good as my spirituality. Oprah Winfrey was really big on this a number of years ago when her show was incredibly popular, that various forms of spirituality are all as good as anybody else's. And anyone who tells you that it's only one way is narrow-minded and exclusive. And I guess Jesus is sort of narrow-minded and exclusive. Actually, he is not. He's speaking the truth. In a parallel passage to this Matthew uh, verse, we find in Luke chapter 13, a few verses in uh, 22 through 27. And Jesus actually, when he taught it this time, remember, sometimes one gospel writer catches it when Jesus taught it one time, and another gospel writer catches it when he taught it another. That's why there's variances in the parables. If you've listened to me preach over a number of years, you'll hear me tell similar stories or the same story. And it's not quite the same each time because maybe I'm trying to make a different point or maybe my brain was being very ADD that day and it went this way instead of that way. But the and no, Jesus was not ADD, just your pastor is. And uh, there is, um, uh, and so it could be a little different. But in, in Luke's gospel, when he taught it this time, he impacted a little more. In Luke chapter 13, verse 22, Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he went, always pressing on towards Jerusalem. Now, this is towards the end of his ministry. Sermon on the Mount was very early in his ministry. This is towards the end because he's now going to Jerusalem. He's going to Jerusalem because that's where it was all going to end. That's where he's going to die. And someone asked him, Lord, will only a few be saved? And he replied, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom. For many will try to enter but will fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. And you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you have come from. Then you will say, but we, we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me, all you who do evil. This narrow gate, this narrow road, Jesus identifies himself as the gate in John's gospel. What he's saying is he and his death on the cross are the narrow door, the narrow path, and the narrow gate that we have already read about. Turn to John chapter 10, starting in verse 7, and let's see what Jesus says regarding himself. Teaching that he is a shepherd for the sheep, in fact, he calls himself the good shepherd, here's another place where he's implying that he's God, because in the Old Testament, Yahweh the God that the Jews understood by the name Yahweh said he was the great shepherd. And so when Jesus takes this term and he says, I am the good shepherd, he is actually saying, I am God. I am Yahweh in human flesh. Jesus said in verse number seven, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Listen to what he says. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. Now, the thief's purpose, the enemy's purpose, Satan's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. 
I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Jesus went on through his teaching and would identify that there is one way, one only way, and it's narrow. It's available to all, but many people don't find it because they either don't seek it or they don't know about it. Now, we see that Jesus taught that he was the only way. What about the early church? What did they believe? Because they were surrounded in the culture, especially in the Gentile culture around Israel, they were surrounded by lots of different religions that had lots of different gods, Greek gods and Roman gods and other gods. They had come out of Judaism, where the way to God, as I said, was found through keeping the law of Moses. So what did Jesus' followers teach? Well, we find one very prime example in the book that we call the Acts of the Apostles or the book of Acts. This is the uh, history of the early church after Jesus' resurrection and ascension. The church went out and began to deliver the gospel. And what had happened was Peter and John had been arrested and they were speaking before the Jewish leaders, the council of Jewish leaders, because what had happened was they had gone to the temple to pray in the afternoon, and a man who had been lame from birth, now remember, lame from birth, not who had fallen and broken a leg and couldn't get around. This man had never walked in his life, lame from birth, was being brought to the temple as he was every day. And on this particular day, he was, uh, what they would do is they would beg. They were beggars. They would beg for money. They would beg for alms. They would beg for people to help keep them body and soul together, pay their bills. And so he, he looked at Peter and John. They looked back at him. And Peter and John, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, silver and gold we don't have. But what we do have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And they reached out their hand. They lifted him, and the man was instantly healed. And it says that he was walking and leaping and praising God. Remember, lame from birth, going from never having done any of this before to walking and leaping and praising God. And then they started to preach, and they talked about Jesus and how you needed to get your life right with Jesus, that Jesus was the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah. And so they are arrested, and they're taken before the elders. And now let's pick it up in Acts chapter 10, or Acts chapter 4, excuse me starting in verse 10, because this is now Peter. It's part of what he was saying to those that were there. He said, let me clearly state to all of you, meaning the elders that were there, the religious leaders, and to all the people of Israel, that he, the man, the man was also there, by the way. They were arrested, but <laughs> um, the, the man who was healed was dragged into. Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says the stone which the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And then verse 12, key, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. There is salvation in no one else. 
God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The pastors in that ministerial alliance meeting, of course, have all kinds of explanations for this, that it was cultural then and it's been misunderstood or misinterpreted, whatever. But the honest truth is all of those other paths up the mountain, if they don't have the name of Jesus attached to them, his shed blood as a part of it, there is no under name under heaven by which we must be saved. Those going up any other path will find that they were on the broad road, the wide road that leads to destruction. The Apostle Paul Writing to the believers in Rome said this in Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. Dear brothers and sisters, and this is, this is a part of the scripture that just challenges my heart because I identify with what Paul is saying, and I'll explain it in a moment. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. Remember, Paul was a Jew. Remember that the gospel came from a Jewish rabbi. Jesus was Jewish, but he was showing them a new way. It was a new covenant. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal, for they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given, and as a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. I see and have seen over my time as a believer and then over my time as a pastor much zeal in people, spiritual zeal, zeal for their religious system, zeal for this, zeal for uh, their uh, New Age crystals or zeal for other things. Some even have zeal for their church. But Paul says many people have misdirected zeal. Misdirected zeal, for they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law or their systems. For Christ has already accomplished the purposes for which the law was given, and as a result, all who believe in his name are made right with God. People are in religious systems and spirituality that may make them feel good, but they don't lead to salvation because God has only one way of making people right with himself. It is through Jesus Christ and accepting what he did on the cross for each and every one of us. Any other way, no matter how zealous, devoted, or sincere individuals are, if Jesus is not a part of it, it is on what is called the wide road, and that wide road leads to destruction or hell. I have five points this morning that I get from these passages and other passages as I've been studying. And if you have your note sheet, you might want to go ahead and get it out. Number one this morning, very simple. Jesus is not a way to God. Jesus is the only way to God. Jesus is not a way to God, even though he is a way. But when you say it that way, you think there are others. No, he is the only only way. You desire to spend eternity in heaven. Jesus is the only way. 
You desire for your family member, your friends, your co-workers, other students, wherever you go to school, to be in heaven. There is only way, one way. Jesus and accepting his free gift of salvation, the shedding of his blood. Jesus is not a way to God. Jesus is the only way. And the second thing is just um, an extrapolation, but this truth is what fuels us to share our faith with others and to support missions around the world by giving, praying, and going. If we believe, as we do, that Jesus is the only way and that people who have not yet accepted Jesus are not on a path that leads to God, then that compels me to do something about it. To share with others that I know and to help support those who have gone to others around the world, especially to nations and countries where the gospel is not well known. The truth that Jesus is the only way is what fuels us to share our faith with others and to support missions around the world by giving, praying, and going. Number three, the commonly accepted view of possibly most Americans, and there's plenty of, of, of research and, uh, and studies that have been done, the common, commonly accepted view of possibly most Americans that Jesus is a way to God, not the only way, but that Jesus is a way to God, is leading millions to an eternity apart from God in hell. Our nation is saturated with people who hold to a variety of ways to be right with God. A variety of ways to be right with God. And because they accept that, yeah, Jesus is good. He is a way. It's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you have your way. I've got my way. I'm glad that you've got the Jesus way, but I've found my connection with the divine spirit, with the force of the universe through this way. And your way is good and my way is good and we're supposed to be tolerant. We're not supposed to be saying, but yet your way is not going to lead to salvation. Sometimes when you do that, you're going to find a pushback, as I did in the meeting of ministers. But the commonly accepted view of possibly most Americans that Jesus is a way to God is leading millions to an eternity apart from God in hell. Number four. All followers of Jesus have been given the responsibility of sharing our faith with others and living in a manner that will be attractive to others, living in a manner that will draw them to the truth. It was because of the way other people lived that I was drawn out of the false system of religion that I was in, the false way I was attempting to get to God. I met people who knew the real way. And you'll read story after story after story after story of people that is because of the way people lived. There was something different about them. And because of that, other people have found the real way, the true way to God. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 13, coming back up on the screen. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway of life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Number five this morning. If we were to take an honest evaluation, an honest evaluation reveals that most of the people who live around us have not accepted Jesus and are on the wide path to destruction. If you really were honest about the people you know, the people you work with, the people you go to school with, the people in your own families, if you were to really take an honest evaluation, you would have to admit this is my statement. This isn't from the Bible. This is me. I've just been doing this for a long time. 
that most of the people who live around us have not accepted Jesus and are on the wide path to destruction. You'll hear statements, maybe from a family member. And I say these things not to, not to cut people down. I say this because my heart is incredibly burdened. But you'll hear people say, um, well, I'm spiritual. I'm in touch with the great spirit. Folks, more than likely, that's the wide road. Well, I've got my religion, you've got yours, they're both fine. That's the wide road to destruction for them. Well, I love God, I just don't get into that organized religion stuff. Maybe true, but a lot of people who say that, honestly, they're on the wide road. Well, I can worship God just fine by myself in nature while I fish. I suppose they can, but they're worshiping every weekend in nature while they fish. Listen, I'm not going to attempt. I'm, I'm using these as examples. I'm not trying to judge anybody's heart. That's between them and God. But I say it as a warning because there are people who use statements like this. Maybe they use them with you. They're possibly on the wide road. You know, I s spoke about that Minister Alliance meeting back in, back in Kansas. And when I left that meeting, I had indicated that um, my heart was, was burdened. I was glad that we had a church that was actually preaching the truth of the scripture. But you know what else came to my mind? As to how much I needed to pray for my community. And, and, and folks, what I experienced in Kansas takes place here in Indiana. Yes, we're a very conservative area, but it takes place here in Indiana. And you know what else came out of that meeting? It was the first time in my life that I realized I needed to start praying for other pastors. Not for the success of their ministry. For them to get saved. Because they are sharing something that is false. And they are leading a flock with a false truth. And so I prayed for our community. And I began to pray for the pastors that I knew that held to doctrine and truth that was apart from what is taught by Jesus and the early church. I know that what I have given you and what I have spoken of are hard statements. But I also know that if you believe, as I do, that the claims of Jesus and his followers, that he is the only way is true, then we must come to conclusions like these, and then we must act upon what we believe. In my early 20s, after growing up in a religious system, a mainline religious system, that I was not taught about the need for a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, when in my early 20s, through the influence of some other people uh, that I had met, I, I was hungry, I was searching, I knew there was something was more, but I didn't know what it was. But through their influence, I opened my heart to Jesus Christ. And I accepted the free gift of eternal life and the forgiveness of my sins. And as I experienced the reality 
of what Jesus Christ could do and did in my heart, I began to look out amongst those who were attending church with me. I remained in that church for almost a year after I found Christ. And I realized that the majority of people who would show up on Sundays, and it was a mainline church that had multiple services so that they could accommodate the amount of people that considered themselves part of that church, the majority of those folks were on the wide road, the broad path. Yes, they were following the dictates of the church. Many of them, some were not. Many of them were. Just as I had been for the majority of my life, but they did not yet have a relationship with Jesus. When I understand what the Bible said, that salvation was a gift from God, not something that I earned. I, I learned early what Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9 says. God saved you by his grace when you believed, or you're saved by grace through faith. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. See, my church taught that I was going to be judged by God for the good things I had done or the bad things I didn't do, and I'd be weighed when I got to heaven, and God would let me in if my good works were more than my bad works, and, uh, which, of course, is not what the Bible says. The Bible says that it's by grace, by faith. It's a gift of God. You can't earn it so that none of us could boast. I began to realize how many people that I knew had not experienced what I had experienced. They were sincere, many were dedicated, but they hadn't received grace. And I wanted them to find the truth. And so then I began to share with some, and it surprised me at first, the resistance that I received. Because again, well, that's good for you, or, or man, I'm glad that you're happy, but here's where I'm at. But I realize that Jesus is the only way. But it's a difficult conversation. This is a difficult topic because, and let me finish that Minister Alliance meeting for you. The Minister Alliance meeting had gone on. We had sipped our coffee and we had talked about these issues, but... One of the mainline ministers said this. He says, so you, you believe that Jesus is the only way to God and to heaven? Yes. So then you believe that all the people in the world who do not accept Jesus are eternally lost. Is that correct? Yes. Yet you preach that God is love. But he then rejects all the billions of dedicated, sincere people who are faithful to their religious systems, so that are faithful to their religions because they don't come through Jesus. Yes. Well, I can't believe that. In fact, I won't believe that. I cannot believe in a God who would be so exclusive and who would be so narrow and who says he's good but condemns all these people to hell because they don't find Jesus. I don't believe it and I won't believe it. You know, just going to talk from my heart. <laughs> I wish I could believe as he did because it would make things a lot easier. A lot easier for me because 
I do wrestle with the fact that there is a world that has not yet heard the gospel or there are people that are choosing not to follow the gospel of Jesus Christ or there are people that are going on another path that because I believe what Jesus taught, what the Bible teaches, what the New Testament church taught, that they are on the wide road to destruction. I would like to believe all roads lead to God. I would like to lead that just not the pathway of Christianity leads up the mountain. I would like to believe that the pathway of uh, Islam would lead up the mountain. I would like to believe that the pathway of Baha'i or the pathway of, of, of the Jehovah Witnesses or, or, or the pathway of the Mormons or the pathway of this or the pathway of spirituality or crystals or the pathway of, 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 of American Indian spirituality would all lead to the mountain and they would find God, but that is not the teaching of the Bible. But here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. God is love. Even with this one way to him, he's still love. God is good and does only good. God is merciful and forgiving, and I trust these things. I do not understand God's decision to save the world through Jesus only, but he did. I accept that by faith. And I have to allow God to work out the eternal issues that I have just talked about. I'm not going to try to solve them by creating alternate ways to God or letting people go on their own merry way on the highway to hell, the broad road that leads to destruction. I can't do that. So I stand before you. I stand before an online audience and say, Jesus is the only way. You may not believe it yet. You may choose not to believe it. But Jesus is the only way. He has changed my life. I've received the gift by faith. I've been outside of him being the only way. Actually, the, the, the truth about all paths leading to God, I believed that for a while. When I was in college, I was exposed to this, and I was taught some things, and I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Well, that makes a whole lot of sense because all paths leading to God does make a lot of sense to our natural hearts, to our natural mind. It just seems to make sense. The gospel truly does not make sense. In fact, the Apostle Paul says that, that the, the, the preaching of the cross, Jews find it offensive, and, and, and Greeks or, or, or Gentiles just can't get their arms around it but the preaching of the cross, Jesus is the only way, is still the truth. For those who are being saved, it is the fragrance of God. Oh, I wish I could believe this. But I can, t I can tell you this, I can guarantee this. Even though I've accepted it by faith, God only does things out of his goodness because God is good. God is love. God is light. He only does things out of his goodness, his love, his mercy, and his grace. Some of his ways do not make sense to our minds, our natural minds, and our natural hearts. But I do know this. Throughout the scripture, God does not want any to perish, but all to come to knowledge of the truth. This is not exclusive. It is totally inclusive. There is no one that will be rejected by God who will come through Jesus. You don't have to have a certain tattoo or a certain nationality or whatever. All you have to do is accept the free gift. It doesn't matter how bad you are or were. 
God does not want any to perish, but all to come to knowledge of the truth. But you have to come his way. Paul said in the book of Romans that there are very zealous people, but they're trying to get there on their own, not through God's way, which is through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus died for every person who had ever lived, is living, or ever will live. Everyone is welcome in the family of God, but, here's the but, you must go through the narrow door, the doorway of Jesus, and the method that God said we enter into salvation. That gift of salvation is free, it's undeserved, it's unmerited, but it is a gift that must be received by faith. And I have honestly been around people who become very indignant when the claim that Jesus is the only way to God is spoken. But it doesn't change the truth. Jesus is the only way. You don't have to believe the claims of Jesus, the claims of the early church, the things that I believe are the things that this church believes. God still loves you. God is reaching out to you even now. But would you be willing to investigate? Maybe you've not been challenged by this. I want to give you three resources that will really help you to wrestle through some of these issues. Two of them I mentioned last week. Uh, Josh and Sean McDowell's book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. It has been revised and updated, and uh, it's very good. Lee Strobel's book, The Case for Christ. Uh, this was actually made into a movie. I've seen it on Netflix. It's not bad. It's really not bad. Um, but his book, The Case for Christ. And then a very interesting book called Cold Case Christianity by J. Warner Wallace. He was a, he was a cold case detective and uh, used to solve cold cases by re-examining evidence. Remember, if it's a cold case, there's no new evidence. You have to go back and re-examine the evidence. He actually went and re-examined the evidence for Jesus. And he wrote the book, Cold Case, Cold Case Christianity. A homicide detective investigates the claims of the Gospels. Um, also a very, very good book. Do you want to know? Do you want to know if what Jesus said? Do you want to know if what the early church said is true? Do you want to know? Do you really want to know? If you do, God will help you to find the answer. But I'm going to challenge those of us who already know. Those of us here, those of you online who already know and believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. What are we doing about it? Because we are surrounded by a world of people who have not yet accepted or received Jesus. Missions. Are you praying for missionaries? Are you sacrificially giving so that people around the world can hear this truth? Or when we talk about missions here, it's like, ah, w when I get some money, I'll, I'll, uh, maybe I'll, I'll give some. Listen, the truth that Jesus being the only way means that billions of people around the world need to hear. Millions of people in this country still need to receive. Many have heard here, but they need to receive. What are we going to do? What impact does the knowledge that Jesus is the only way have on each one of our lives? I'm going to ask the worship team to come and gather. Would you bow your head? I want to pray.
before you all this morning. Lord, I don't know who today is listening or watching, is here in the building. Maybe we'll watch this a year from now. I don't know who, but I do believe that you are bringing people to hear what I have to say that really need to investigate and know the truth. And so if you today have lived your life believing that Jesus is a good man and a good way to God and a way to God, but not the only way to God, do you really, would you really like to know the truth? If so, in your mind, in your heart, I'd ask you to pray this because I believe God's going to hear and answer your prayer. Just pray after me and say, God, I really want to know. I want to know what is the truth that I may believe. I really want to know. And the God, I pray that you would take these individuals that are praying this prayer right now, uh, either here in the building or those who are praying uh, at, in, in their living room, or maybe they're driving in a car while listening to a podcast, this, this in a podcast. Maybe, maybe they're in a dorm room someplace, or maybe they're across the ocean. I, have, I know that there are individuals that, that watch our services that live outside of the United States. Lord, if they need to know, and they prayed that prayer, then, Father, begin to work. Make it real to them as you made it real to me. May they find some real believers and may the example of their life and what you have done in their lives and the testimony of what you have done begin to impact. Father, I think it's interesting that the three people who have written those books that I used as uh, references, all three of them started their journey not believing the truth, but by examining the evidence, found the truth. And then, Lord, for those of us who do know the truth that Jesus is the only way. Lord, you may need to speak to some of us about what we're going to do about that. Because maybe we haven't opened our mouths recently and shared. Or maybe we haven't prayed or given for the cause of Christ in this community or around the world through missions. But Lord, we believe that the time is growing shorter. Jesus said in John 14 that he was going away to prepare a place, but he did say he would come again to welcome and to bring us to himself. Lord, we believe that that coming again, that what we call the second coming, is rapidly approaching, and there is still so much work left to be done on planet Earth. Use us. Use us, Lord God. Make opportunities available. I pray that for myself. Opportunities would be made available for me to share. Lord, we love you. You've been listening to a message from Columbus First Assembly. We hope that you've been encouraged in your spiritual journey. 
If you're not part of a local church and would like to attend one of our regular services, our church is located at the corner of 10th and Iowa Street in Columbus, Indiana. Our Sunday morning worship services start at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday evening studies begin at 7 p.m. And while you're online, check out our website at columbusfirstassembly.org for details and information about our church. You will also find other messages and series that you can listen to or download. Thanks for spending some time with us and for taking advantage of this resource from Columbus First Assembly, where we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God.